0: All right, guys. Um, welcome back to another episode of uh, Quarantine Diary. This is Kevin. Today is my day off, so I was, um, you know, cleaning the room, doing some yard work, um, and I was all hyped up, ready to talk about, you know, Howard Marks' book, right? Uh, dive into marketing cycles a bit more, and I listened to the Ezra Klein show, one of the older episodes. and. I decided to talk about that. So whenever we have a plan, and it depends on what kind of a uh, content that you consume that day. And then we might switch it up from time to time. So a little bit more of a background on uh, the Ezra Klein show. Um, Ezra Klein, he used to be a journalist. Um, he, it's probably one of my favorite um, knowledge worker, right? Like I talk about this before on this podcast, what is the definition of a knowledge worker? He, he has a um, lifestyle right now where I, I admire, right? Like let's say, you know, I, I turn to a full-time, you know, podcast professional. I will probably want to model my life after Ezra Klein, right? So, he would, you know, book guests and he would read the books that the guests read. Um, he, his, his thought process and, and his show has a little bit of political science uh, flavor to it, which I completely don't know what they're talking about or, or it's really hard for me to follow when they're talking about um, political science. I can follow like a little bit. But like, like he has done a series on, a, on a, um, a factory farming, on a, um, climate change, along those lines. So um, he would just say, yeah, I, like, I read books with uh, my notebook, and then you know, he would just take notes. And that's kind of how I'm doing the research for this podcast too. Whenever I'm reading, I have a notebook next to me. I'm, jot, I'm jotting down some ideas and uh, hopefully we can make it into a podcast. So Ezra Klein Show, for those of you that can listen to it or that, can, that are interested in some self-provoking um, discussions or conversation, uh, check him out, okay? So today, I want to talk about his deep reading. So uh, Ezra uh, interviews an uh, author, the name is Nick Carr. Okay, so Nick Carb wrote a book about 10 years ago at the beginning of the uh, internet boom or social media boom is a better way to put it like back in uh, 2009, 2010, he wrote a book called The Shallows, which I bought, I haven't dived into yet. So the idea is that when we adapt to a new medium, in this case, print book or podcast or social media or... Um, radio, whenever we adapt a new medium, we are changing our habits to consume information, but at the same time, the medium is actually changing our way of thinking that I think is really interesting in a way is because most people they are more interested in the content of the information or content of that the medium Um, delivers but they don't really think okay how does this content is changing my perspective right so in the long run um, people argue that the content of a medium or content get delivered by the medium is less important compared to the medium itself and we are automatically drawn to the content, right? Let's say for a radio show, you want to know who is the host. For the social media, you want to know whose account is it. For audiobook, you want to know who is the reader, who is the author. And as we adapt new technology into the mix, as we use new technology to consume new information, we change behavior along the lines as well. And with those changing of behavior, we also change our brain chemistry as well which I think is really interesting. So here's the basic idea, right? So let's use an example of a printed press, right? So when we first start printing, when we first start leaving writings on the books, on the page, so we transition that from oral communication, right? So with, so be, before, when we don't have printing press, we would exchange information verbally orally so in a sense that some type of a skill or some type of a transitioning has to be done with people carefully narrating what is the protocol or what is the quote unquote uh folk information so that the listener can remember it and then he can pass it on right so they talk about this invention of the printing press in the sense that people can, for the first time ever read quietly, and they sort of remove themselves from the social setting, right? Because back when we are doing stuff orally or we're passing out uh, information orally, we need to be in a social setting. Yeah, hey, you know, have you heard about that yet? Blah, 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 right? So that, that, that causes our literacy level to increase, more, more people can read. And that causes ourselves to be more individualistic, right? So, because of the printed press, what's that happening to our brain is that we are more and more likely to be more preferred a visual sense, right? So, with a visual sense, it makes us more isolated because we don't need to be with people to consume information. We can sit down, we can read a book, or we can read a newspaper, so that we don't need to be chatting with other people. That kind of kickstart the uh, problem that we have right now, right, with social media. So this idea of neuroplasticity, uh, plasticity, right, we, we used to think that, okay, our brain will stop uh, adapting or stop molding at like, I don't know, age 20 something, that's actually not true, right? Neuro, neuroplasticity will be with us for a long time. We adapt to the new media, and then as it changes our way of thinking, it also changes our brain function, brain anatomy, physiology as well. So how do we compare, right? Like what is the result of the printing press? So it, what is changing if we're comparing the oral culture where we are passing on information orally or uh, the written culture, and their argument is that because we priming we primed our visual cortex to prefer reading text to decipher text, we became good reader, but we also lost the ability of reading in nature so what what Nicholas Carr means is that let's say we are hiking or reading the nature, right? Or noticing little things, right? Our brain is primed to process to decipher writing symbols better than nature or signs or movement of the leaves along those lines. So another fact that I find is interesting is that the written language it has no space. So whenever when we are having a new printing press, whenever somebody has to read it out loud because there's no period, because there's no coma, there's no hyphens. Through reading of the document, it's really helping us to decipher what does the content means. So, reading silently, it really requires deep reading skills. Okay, here's what we first talk about deep reading. Because it requires a lot of attention span, you need to sit down, and you need to pay attention so that the stimulus of the brain comes in slowly, right? So as we make a connection with the text, with the symbols in front of us, the stimulus comes later, or in a slower manner. So learning to read, in a sense, when the printing press was first invented, is like teaching us how to pay attention. I think that is a perfect way of explaining it just show me a new perspective right so for somebody to be a reader like back in the first 1900s he has to be a deep thinker to process the information now let's fast forward a little bit right like what is the difference between deep reading and what we're dealing with right now which is a cell phone right or ipad or computer always on always buzzing a similar it kind of give us a similar every single time, non-stop. So it's like a low hanging fruit in that sense that we find it harder to shut up the information. So we are getting simulated like 24-7. So it's hard for us to dive back in to reading mode. I think I shared this with you guys before. Like After I watch something, there's no way I will be reading a book because I just cannot bring my focus back to the reading mode where the stimulus comes slowly and you know in a very mellow manner so This whole deep reading state, what does it mean, right? Like, Why is it so valuable is that when we're reading we get into a state we get ideas from the time that we spend on reading so we are connecting the dots in that regard, right and in a sense, for me now, I kind of think about it this way: reading is like a form of meditation for me, right? We talk about walking meditation before on this podcast. We talk about the benefits of med- of meditation on this podcast for a whole lot. I still meditate every single day; it's a habit, and I never thought reading is a meditation. And I think that makes sense now because we're trying to we're trying to connect the dots. We're trying to make sure that my attention span is focused on this one thing and hopefully I spend enough time with this one book to create a connection with the book, right? And to finish this podcast, right, this deep reading thing, I really want to kind of share what Ezra thinks about why reading is being missold to people. Why reading starting from education, right, or K1 to K12, middle school, high school, is being missold to the students or to the teachers or to the parents or to everybody. Okay, here's why. This is a really, really interesting point, guys. So reading to Ezra and I tend to agree with him as well. Reading is not really about the content anymore, right? We have cliff notes, we have what's the term again? A spark notes, right? I remember when when I was in high school there are there's reading assignments and then some people would just, you know, uh, look up a spark notes. It's like a cliff notes version of the book. Know, know about the characters and then go to class, right? So the teacher's focus or the student's focus is getting the content of the book. Who is the character? What's the relationship to the other person? What happens? What's the storyline? None of that is the point according to Ezra. Because... Right now, we can do a Google search and we can get the story of the book right there. Why should we read it, right? There's actually a service called Blinkist in here in the US, meaning that if it breaks down nonfiction non book into different paragraphs, and you can read it and then you can get a gist of it. There's actually an app for that. Now, I will never sign up for that app for this reason, is that reading is not really about the content of the book. It's really about the process. It's really about getting into that deep reading state. It's the time that spent in the book, the connection you make between ideas, the like the spark moment that you have. Oh, this is makes more sense for me because I know this, this, and this. And I myself, I can attest to this. I live through this pretty much every day while reading some of the books that I'm you know, presenting to you guys before, like the Black Swan, like the marketing book I'm reading right now, the marketing cycles. So the reading, the idea of reading is being missold because the information of the book is not the most important one, it's the connection you make with it. And for the person that can recognize that, for the person that can utilize that, reading become a process. I shouldn't say I've read that book Like, they should say, I have read that book, right? It's a process. So we began to focus not really on the, uh, quote unquote, like the productivity of reading, right? Most people think, oh yeah, I read because I want to learn. That was my idea in the beginning. But in reality, it's actually somebody enjoyed the, you know the reading process in the deep reading state where everything comes to you slowly, so you can. For me, it's like a, med- a meditative state as well. Okay, hopefully this is a long one. Uh, everything I said for uh, to you makes sense. Deep reading, I think it's important, and it you really give me a brand new outlook on reading today. And I really appreciate Ezra and his podcast. So. If you like this podcast, uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or subscribed and uh, we go from there. All right, guys. uh, Stay safe. Have a nice one.